Welcome to the UK Run Chat podcast. In today's episode, Michelle speaks with GB ultramarathoner Julia Davis. On the 3rd of November 2023, Julia will be taking on the 100k race at Kulamannen, a race set along the rocky shores of Sweden's Kulaberg. Representing Great Britain, Julia already found success at the UTMB World Series in 2023 after returning to racing in 2022 after having her son. Julia discusses how she trains on the Cornish coast path for mountain races, balancing family life and international competitions, how she got into running and her journey to competing in 100km plus races, what's special about Kulamannen and her predictions for the competition, Today, we do have sponsoring the podcast our partners Oladance with their true open ear earbuds Oladance wearable stereo. Oladance feature a completely open ear design that rests gently and securely on top of your ear. There's no tip, so they never go into your ear, and that's how they deliver superior sound quality in a natural, comfortable way. The ear canal remains free, which means you'll never lose track of what's happening around you, whether you're running through the, your local streets or trails or cycling on a road. This helps to keep you safe and with a battery life that provides up to a massive 16 hours of continuous play per charge, you really are sorted for the long run. Do enjoy this chat between Michelle and Julia and we will see you on the next episode. Oh, hi Julia, thanks so much for joining us on the UK Run Chat podcast today. Um, would you just like to give our listeners a little introduction to yourself? Yeah, hello. Um, I'm Julia. I am an ultra distance um, runner based in Cornwall. Um, I've been running ultra distance for about five years now. Um, I had a I had a baby nearly two years ago, so been a bit of a comeback in the past, especially in the past year. Um, so yeah, yes, that's where I'm at at the moment. Oh, lovely! So, just how did you get into? Have you been running long apart from the ultra marathon distances? When did you first start running? Um, I started running about ten years ago. So I, I started running. So that um, I wanted to run a marathon, essentially, to raise money for a hospice where my granddad had been treated. Um, my dad and my two of my sisters have always been runners. So they run at, ran at school and my dad run, has run hundreds of marathons. Um, so it's always been in the family, but I never thought I would join in. But yeah, I guess that was my gateway. Um, so yeah, so I ran the London Marathon yeah. for the Christie Hospital. And since then, yeah, I did a few road marathons and then realised that actually trail running and ultra running was more my thing so yeah that's where I've been okay so tell us a little bit about that first taste of trail running then um well at the time I guess one the first trail race I ever did was a half marathon like a maverick race half marathon in Snowdon so I just signed up for it thinking oh that'll be fun having no idea at all having never run up a mountain or really on any other trails apart from the coast path in Cornwall so yeah, I just did it and I absolutely loved it. I loved that it actually wasn't a half marathon. It was a bit further. I I think I even got lost and added on an extra couple of miles. But I, I just loved it. I love the buzz and I love the vibe and it just feels like a nice niche of the sport that I yeah, just really resonates with me. Yeah, you always seem to get a bit more value, don't you, from a trail race instead yeah, of mileage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, but then you yeah. feel a bit cheated if it's just under the mileage. So I think sometimes you're like, yeah. oh, it's yeah, a bit shy. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good. I, I do love it. <laughs> 
So, so you were hooked and you've obviously discovered that you have a talent for long distance. So you, you've represented Great Britain in international competitions, haven't you? So how, how did that come about? How did you first get involved racing competitively? Um, well, this, this, this Great Britain vest that I had um, for the World Champs was my first GB vest. Um, so I, it had been a dream for a while and I knew that, I don't know, if I had like a really good comeback, then I had a chance of potentially being selected. So I targeted doing the Arc of Attrition 50 mile um, at, the, at the start of this year um, as a kind of proof that I was like back in fitness after having my son and just seeing how it felt again. And yeah, so I, I came second on that race, but both me and the girl who won, we beat the previous course record by a really good margin, I think an hour and a half maybe um so we both got selected for the team which was amazing um yeah and it was an ab- absolutely incredible experience um yeah my, my sister is also a gb mountain runner but she she runs the shorter distances so she was on the same team yeah. but running short where i was run- running long yeah oh that must be really exciting then to get selected to run for your country it's the best feeling ever it's it, it still feels yeah. like it was a dream but yeah it was absolutely incredible so how did, I mean, you say you've had your, your son two years ago. How, you know, how do you get motivated to kind of get back to it? Not only to kind of get out running for yourself, but to be competitive. Like, I'm, I'm honestly in awe of you here, Julia. <laughs> I, what you, well, to be honest, I, I, do, I question how... it myself at times. I sometimes <laughs> think, oh, God, I'm so tired because... I, I have a job as well. So I, I work three days a week yeah. um, and I like I run on the side as well. But um, I think I just, I just, I love it. I, I gave myself three months off after I had him and I wondered how it would feel coming back. But I just, I absolutely loved it. I loved feeling strong and building back again and going into bigger competitions. I was like, oh, how will it feel? But I actually, I just think I felt so proud being able to show him what I can do. and he's like an extra motivation. I think he's probably the the biggest motivation I've got now to be like, yeah, yeah, like it's, it's not easy being a a mum who has a lot of stuff to do, but you can still chase your dreams and that it doesn't have to put an end to it. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you fit that in? How, how rigid is your training plan around Um, your family now? I, well, I do, I don't do a lot of double days anymore. So before I had Woody, I used to do a lot more double like double run days um things like that but I now I run as soon as I get up usually is is my kind of window of opportunity for running um so my partner will look after Woody while I go and train in the mornings um my work actually has a C Tuesday every Tuesday morning so we don't have to start until 10 so I can usually get a decent run or session in then and then yeah the weekends Saturdays and Sundays are pretty key but my, my partner's really supportive and he's really keen for me to do as well as I can. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just fitting it in. I guess you just have to be super strict. And whereas I used to procrastinate before I went for a run, um, I just can't. I've just got to be ready, out the door, get on with it. And yeah, it's, it's given me good discipline. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's always definitely worth it. Yeah, I, I guess it's helped you figure out what your priorities are, hasn't it? So you've realised that you you do enjoy it and you do just need to get out and do it yeah and it, it makes it makes me a better mum yeah it, well, it makes me a better person when yeah. I've had my vent of time on my own and just doing what I love doing and I come back feeling revitalized and and ready 
So yeah, it's, it's really important. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? Um, so yeah, talk to us a little bit about the World Championships in May then. How how was that? Tell us a bit about your experience. It was it was incredible. The whole thing was amazing. Being there with my sister was extra special. My my parents came as well, and Woody and my partner Dan, they all came. So it was really nice to have so many people there. And it just to be honest, it just all felt like such a dream. The opening ceremony just felt felt mad with all the different nations there, um, and because they've combined the short like the short VKs as well as like the up to, right up to the long trail. There were loads of athletes across like different disciplines of trail running, which is a reasonably new thing for trail running. Um, but yeah, my, I mean, my mm. race was the hardest race I think, I, well, definitely the hardest race I've ever done. Um, it took, yeah, it, I think it was just over 13 hours. Um, and it was, I, I've, it had six and a half thousand meters of climb over 86 kilometers which is the furthest I've run and by far the most vertical gain I've had and having had a woody like I think he was one and a half at the time I hadn't I hadn't had loads of time to just go and train in the mountains and be there like some of the other athletes had so I just I had to make do with what I could running in Cornwall and trying to do heat training to be able to adapt to altitude just kind of being a bit clever with what I could do so my coach was really supportive in trying to help me work out how best to approach it but I I felt ready and I think your first GB vest is super special and it's all a learning curve as well um which I was very yeah always reminded of by the GB coaches that you know you you get your first vest and you learn what it is to be a GB runner and you can progress from there and I've I've learned so much from it and yeah it made me hungry to want to do more Oh, that's that's really good. So let's delve into that a little bit more then. So what what have you taken away from it then? What have you learned? What will what will you kind of do differently next time? Um, there was, I mean, there's a lot of things around nutrition. So I I've changed things like hydration strategies. I've changed things around that. Just taking on more electrolytes. So I've had tests with precision hydration to work out my sweat rates because I had some issues with dizziness. Um, I think because I wasn't hydrating properly. Um, but then also, I guess on the positive side, just realizing that I can tough things out. So although it was incredibly hard, and I think a lot of people didn't realize just how hard the race would be, but I don't think anyone said it was an easy day out. Um, but I can no. just, I can tough it out and I can get to the end and I can push really hard. And yeah, I think I've, I've just learned that spending time in the mountains is important if you're going to be doing a mountain race. And now that Woody's getting a bit older, it means that we've got a bit more flexibility to be able to do that in the future and it's yeah it just shows you how if you really want something what maybe you have to do yeah so talk to us a little bit about your training then because you're, you're based in Cornwall it's obviously very hilly but it's not mountainous is it how do you mimic you know the training that you need for a mountainous race um well the best I can do is I do a lot of continuous hills so um I'll find my biggest climb, so like about a mile from my doorstep, I can get to Chapelporth Beach, and then there's a trail that takes me all the way up to the top of a place called the Beacon, and that's probably the longest climb I've got, and it, that takes me just under 15 minutes. So if you, it's not that long compared to a mountain that will take over an hour and a yeah. half to climb. But if I just go up and down, up and down, and just do the best I can, um, strength work as well. Um, can help some of the impact that you then get on your on your quads from from mountain running but 
yeah it, it doesn't it, do, it doesn't make it perfect and then I guess the other aspect is the altitude so that's something that I definitely did struggle with at the world champs but what I did to be able to prepare where I didn't have altitude tents and things like that um was I did heat training so I've got an indoor bike yeah. so I just wore as many clothes as I possibly could and did heat training three or four times a week um so for half an hour I would just sweat it out on the bike and I actually really do think that helped me to adapt to altitude um, and also the race ended up being really quite warm so I did I felt ready yeah. in that way for that so I think you can be creative um and yeah yes. having small children can be limiting but there's there's ways you can try and do your best around it yeah it just shows what you can do though when you think outside the box a little bit though doesn't it I guess and yeah, I think what you said there was interesting about realising that you could tough it out. I think, I, I don't know, I think motherhood does kind of teach us that as well, doesn't it? That we, we are tougher than we think sometimes. Oh, definitely. I think you realise there's a whole other realm of, like, within you, that of, like, ploughing through tiredness yeah. or, yeah, just working with, deep, like, feelings that, or, like, of frustration with yourself or what's going on and you just know how to ground yourself in a completely different way but yeah I've, I've I'm definitely a different person now than I was before I had Woody <laughs> yes um so talk to us a little bit about um you, you did another big race last year didn't you after the world championships we were chatting about it a little bit before we started recording this yes so was that yes, the so, TDS yeah so TDS was my A race um this year but it yeah so I, I I did so much preparation for it and it was yeah I was really excited for it usually TDS is a really hot race um usually yeah people are battling with mid 30 degree heat but this year was a bit different I saw that it was going to be a bit snowy um like the few days before and I prepared myself for it I did I did know it was going to be bad weather um, so I guess I'd mentally prepared that I knew it was going to snow in the night time, but as yeah. we got to morning, it just, it was getting colder and colder and yeah, I, I just really struggled. I think my, my body wasn't, was just, wasn't in, in the game for it. And I plowed on and on, I managed to get to about 80 K so close to halfway. Yeah. Um, and I decided that I think that was it. I, I sat in an aid station and battled it out for quite a long time. And luckily some, a group of French men who had run TDS a good couple of times helped me to come to the conclusion that it was a good idea to stop um, because the next section was similar to the one I'd just finished that was probably some of the most horrendous running I've ever done. Um, but yeah, I, again, I learned, I was, it was really frustrating to have to drop out, but I learned a lot from it. Um, yeah, and I, I was surprised that I even wanted to carry on when it was really quite difficult. But yeah. I guess you learn from in ultra running it you don't always finish and that's kind of part of the journey no, no yeah I think you're always kind of testing your, your limits out aren't you I suppose yeah definitely how do you how do you strike that balance then between because we were talking about mental strength and realizing that you are tougher than you you perhaps think you are how do you determine that point when you think right it's it's not just a case of I need to push through it I actually need to stop that must be really difficult to come to terms with as an ultramarathoner who's trained to just keep going 
I'm really interested to to figure out what's going through your head at that moment. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's I guess you know you end up knowing your body so well and you know that you know I I knew that I could physically carry on. I knew that I could mentally carry on, but I knew that I would end up being really unwell. I I finished with my I think what was mild hypothermia. And I think if I'd have carried on another yeah. 20k to the next checkpoint, um I think I'd have been in a really bad situation. Um, and I guess the, before I had Woody, I might have been more inclined to take a risk and see what happened. But I dropped back so far um, during the race that it that I, it kind of, I knew that things weren't going very well as well. And I knew that I wasn't feeling good. And I was just feeling more and more just not like myself. And I, I, I just thought, I have a son. I can't risk this. This is, it's not worth it um there's other races there's other things you can build for it's not the be all and end all to finish a race sometimes the like the glory is in actually knowing yourself and looking after yourself um I think there used to be a mentality of just toughing it out and being really strong and strong is just like plowing your way to the finish and being carted off in an ambulance but I think the mentality around a lot of that is changing um people want longevity in their careers now um so yeah I don't don't want to be a, a one race hero um so yeah hence why I'm now running a race in Sweden (laughs) yeah oh well yeah so that that brings us nicely doesn't it to the now am I pronouncing this correctly is it Kulamanen yeah yeah, Kulamanen yeah I think I think that's it yeah so it's a 100k race in Sweden yes um and yeah it's set along the rocky the rocky shores of Sweden I believe so Yes. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about it then. What are you expecting? Um, well, I kind of I, in my in my head, I'm anticipating it to be a little bit like where I live in Cornwall, but flatter. Yeah. Um, the weather looks like it's going to be fairly similar to Cornwall, actually. Maybe a little bit colder. Um, okay. So yeah, so I guess the flatness is surprising me a little bit, and I can't quite get my head around running flat for that for that long. I think there's a thousand no, meters no. of gain. So I think they say you go up three mount like mountains, but they're only three hundred meter climbs, so not really mini mountains, I suppose. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the race starts at ten p.m., so nearly all of it will be in the dark, which is an experience. But um, yeah, and that, like there's no crew allowed, so it'll just be me out there. Well, yeah, just with a drop bag at fifty k, and yeah, see if I can make it to the finish in a good time. Yeah, wow. So, <laughs> so you'll be running all through the night. How long are you expecting it'll take you then? What are your goals for it? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm kind of, well, I, looking at finish times from before, it, the women usually finish in around 11 hours, but um, I'm hoping to be, yeah, maybe as quick as I can be. Um, yeah, I, 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 it's a qualifier for next year's UTMB finals as well. So as well as wanting to do really well there, it also means that I'll have a ticket to get into one of the UTMB races where you'll just compete against all the best trail runners in the world. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sounds it sounds really good. So tell us about what's in your what do you carry with you when you're doing a long race like that? What's in your back? What's in your backpack? Um, so there's always, I mean, the mandatory kit, which is usually decent waterproof so a decent waterproof jacket gloves hat um 
just emergency base layers, uh, emergency head torches. That's the head torch is my biggest worry at the moment because I'm just dreading my head torch running out. But I, I will have backups. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, and then just nutrition. So having my nutrition all planned out. Um, though there's a drop bag, so I'll be able to have half of it with me at the start, and then just refill, get rid of all the empties, and restock at halfway. Um, I try to take on. 70 about 75 grams of carbs per hour so I've had had a, yeah. have a plan around that across both drinks and gels um so yeah like we, we don't have you don't have to carry as much in this race as in some of the other races but I think that's because you're not actually going up and down big mountains so it's easier yeah. to get people off the course slightly less risk but yeah, yeah you're, you're completely point, responsible actually, for yourself yeah. um no crew yeah um yeah, I think it's it's kind of good when it's like that, though. I quite like it when I'm not having to rely on somebody to come and crew me. Um, and yeah, yeah, hopefully I'll see Dan, my partner, and Woody at the end. Oh, nice. So, I mean, how how do you mentally prepare then? So this this race will be quite different because you'll be running throughout the night time. Is that different to preparing for, say, a daytime event? Yeah, so I've I've had to make sure that I've had plenty of nighttime miles. Um, in my training so I've I think some people like to do the thing where they go out at they'll start at 11 p.m and go and do a run through the night but I don't, it's not really viable with a toddler um when I then can't sleep during the day so I've I've been leaving the house at half five six o'clock in the morning the past couple of weeks that gives me a couple of hours of dark um yeah even a few runs in the evenings just to get used to running in a head torch but I mean at, at TDS most of the race this year that until I dropped was at night time. So it's given me confidence that I can do really tough terrain in the dark. Um, but yeah, I guess all of it's such an adventure anyway. That's, that's kind of one of the beauties of ultra running because it's not running a flat road marathon where very little really changes from city to city. It's you're always just, it's kind of one of the fun things is adapting and learning and learning something about yourself and, how can you cope with a situation that's different or difficult? Um, and I guess that's why I like to sign up for races that are in different places, different start times, different heat, like temperatures, climates. It's kind of part of the beauty of it. Yeah. Have you been to Sweden before? I've been to Gothenburg, but not properly seen Sweden. So I'm quite excited to do that. Okay. It's, it's actually really oh, near Denmark. Nice the Absolutely. place where we're going in Sweden is actually really, really close to Denmark. So it's oh, it's okay. actually a two hour drive from Copenhagen. So everyone's right. saying it's Sweden, and then all my Swedish friends are saying it's not actually Sweden because <laughs> it's oh, only okay. just like, the entry point <laughs> of Sweden. But um, I think it's yeah, it'll be good to see it, and yeah, it's a new place, and I'm glad that my partner and Woody get to come along as well. Yeah, oh, that'll be a nice a nice family outing, really, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so you've seen they much, like to come. the rest of the country while you're there. Yeah, we've we've got a few days and we're hiring a car, so we're going to see as much as we can. Sweden is enormous, but um, yeah, we'll see as much as we can around that area, which makes it extra, yeah. it's kind of makes it extra nice to be able to travel to a race and then have a bit of a holiday after. Yeah, it is an adventure, I guess, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So, so during the race itself, do you have to navigate that yourself or is the course all marked out for you? Is that an extra It'll all be marked part of out. the challenge? So I, I think they've, said they, they've even got reflective markers 
so you won't be able to go wrong um luckily because oh, I'm not very good at yeah. um, navigating but um yeah <laughs> I usually put it on my watch yeah. regardless just in case something terrible happens but I think it's a fairly easy to follow route it's on a national trail okay um, so yeah theoretically it should be easy to follow yeah because the thought of traveling 100k and thinking how how do you stay on track that must be quite daunting but if it's all nicely marked out then that's fine isn't it <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think I'll put it on my watch as well um but yeah it should all be nicely marked out um, but there's there's races where you think oh it should be easy you're following a trail and you can still go wrong on the Cornish coast path you can still go wrong as well you think it should be simple keep the sea on your left or right but it's not always that simple <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I mean I guess I guess living in Cornwall it must be it must be really good training for the rocky coastline of, of Sweden anyway yeah um, yeah, it, it gives it gives me confidence that there's there's quite the, the terrain on, on the Cornish coast path, although it's not mountainous, it can still be quite technical and demanding. And it's also really varied. So you actually yeah. can replicate quite a few different terrains just from the Cornish coast path itself. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. I will. Yeah, I wish you all the very best with that race then. And you'll you'll have to let us know how you get on. Yeah, thank um, you. And hopefully you get the points you need for next year. So what are you planning for next year then? What are your hopes and dreams for 2024? Um, I haven't got anything solidified yet. I'm toying with the idea of going to either Tarawera, um, which is in New Zealand, or going to Canyons, which is in the States. So both are on the UTMB World Series. Um, those are kind of some ideas of some of my A races. Um, with the, I mean, my I guess my my big A race will be either CCC or UTMB at UTMB week. So my whole, I'm on the ASICS team. So the whole ASICS team goes across for UTMB week, and it's just really nice to all be together. Um, so cheering each other on across all the different distances. So yeah, I hope to be there again this year. Yeah, oh, lovely. I oh, will all the best with that. Thank you. Um, so final question from me then really is to anybody listening and thinking, yeah, I quite fancy getting into some longer distance. You know, where would you advise people start if they're thinking about moving to ultra? Um, I'd say if, you, if you've done anything from like a half marathon, a marathon, it's, it's no different to running just a little bit longer, a little bit further. I would say choose a place that inspires you for the race. Um, there's plenty of race organisers as well in the UK, especially in the UK, where it's it's really they're really friendly races. I know people like Maverick Race. They have different distances, um, and some of them have ultras um, that, are, that are some of the friendliest and some of the most kind of entry point ultras out there. I would say if you think you can do it, you you almost certainly can. Um, ultra distance, yeah. I guess. The one big thing is you need to learn to eat and drink as you go. So don't just get used to the running, get used to the eating as well. Um, that's probably the biggest change. But I, I, I honestly think the best vibes are out there in an ultra. So if you're thinking about it, definitely do it. Um, and especially women, like women with children in particular, don't like, don't negotiate your time to think oh I can't do it because it's too long it's going to be too much training it's no more training than it would be for a marathon um you don't have to give up hours and hours and hours and hours it, it doesn't have to be that to complete an ultra and to feel comfortable and strong on the start line so if you feel like doing it then you definitely should yeah 
Oh no, that's really nice advice. And I agree, the ultra community is it's so nice, isn't it? And yeah, I've always felt really welcome there as well. Um, yeah, I think everyone you just get welcomed as as the same as somebody who's done fifty ultra marathons, like to be your first one. Yeah. And if people realise it's your first one, you're more likely to get even more stoked for you. So yeah, don't be shy. Just go turn up and have fun. Yeah. Oh well, thank you, Julia. Um, thanks okay. so much thank for coming on so if our listeners wanted to follow your progress can they find you on social media anywhere yeah um probably the best places to look on instagram so i'm um julia davis 101 on instagram so that's usually where i put most of my updates so yeah, yeah. and if you have any questions always feel free to drop me a message so yeah yeah oh that's really kind thank you Nice. Yes, Thank well, you very much. Again, we wish you all the very best with your upcoming race next weekend. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, take care.